G'day folks, it is your friendly neighbourhood coach here and we are back with a man by popular demand, the, the villain of Age of Sigma. It is my Down Under Sigma co-host, Liam, aka Shadowhammer. Liam, long time no speak, how are you mate? I am half asleep because this is 9.35 in the morning and it is really early for me. But I picked the time, so I can't complain. <laughs> Liam lives a, ha- lives, lives a hashtag uh, blessed life. So 9.30 is early for Liam. We appreciate you getting up this early on a Sunday to talk all things Lumineth Realm Lords. But we're not just yeah. talking about any Lumineth Realm Lords, folks. We are talking about Battle Cattle. That's right. Hayden Walker took us through an episode not long ago that focused very much on the elf side of, of this particular book. And I want to do the other side. I want to talk more about the battle cattle. I want to talk more about that stone guard type of build. And then we can compare the two and see what works for you. So, um, Liam, I know you've been building a lot of lists. I know you and and Ben Spinetti, a.k.a. Uh, Fork, for Shark Meta. Um, Shark Meta. Ben. Shark Meta, yeah. Ben. You guys have been talking a lot and building some pretty cool stone lists. So why... I guess, why did you start Lumineth Realm Lords? Because I know you're a, a, a Daughters of Cain player, you played with Feck, you, you've recently been playing with OBR. Why Lumineth? And then second question is, why the Stone Boys compared to maybe more of the traditional Elf, Techless, Wardens, you know, Rider type build? Um, so one, why Lumineth? One, they're elves. Um, that's that's a selling point for me. Um, they're new elves, so they look pretty. Um, the big thing for me with them is, even though they're hish, they're still elves, and they kind of got this cheeky thing when, like, I wasn't really drawn to them at first. Um, I think we've had discussion at CanCon where I'm like, I'm not interested in that army. Um, but then I started seeing cool color schemes on Twitter of, like, people painting them in dark elf colors, and I was like, yep, yeah, that's what i'll do i'll do dark elf colors with high elves um and it's really cool because they can ally in with deepkin and deepkin can ally in with daughters so i can just kind of like merge all my armies into one in like a narrative aspect um and so i can kind of do like this cool like great elf nation like color scheme which i'm working on my daughters so it then they would look sick with like the whole um oxide like lead belcher non-oil oxide kind of look that i'm doing um, so I think they would look really cool on that. So that's kind of why I was drawn into them and just paint them like dark elves and like with dark colors. Um, cause I know, that, I know you, you, point. you, you and I have talked a lot about the shadow elves. We talked more about, um, Malekith, Malarian. I can't remember which is the old mm. name, which is the new name. Uh, I always get confused, but you know, we, we talked a lot about the shadow elves and the elves of, of Olgu when they eventually come. And even when Adepticon had those pretty sweet reveals of the shadow elves, uh aesthetic from underworlds i want to say or war cry yeah like that was like i'm like yep that's that's liam 100 percent. and you've been building obr and then all of a sudden you just come out of nowhere and you're like yep i'm gonna do lumineth which kind of surprised me to be honest um i i I put up my hand straight away and said no i'm gonna do gargan so it's not the army for me but what drew you to the book? So I know you've got the synergies between your armies, the deep kin, you know, your daughters of Cain, um, the, the elf aesthetic in general. Um, what about it, the, the, the way the army plays? So it wasn't really the army plays. It was more how the mountain guys play. If that makes sense. They're very me army. Um, like they don't die. They are durable and they're a pain. 
and we'll explain that more when we explain rules, but they're very much you are style, a, you are I'm, a pain. You are an absolute yeah. pain. So I can see that that working quite well. So they're very like my kind of vibe, if that makes sense. Like they're very they remind me a bit of Sylvaneth, where like old school Sylvaneth, where like you have an undying tree lord. Like a tree lord just won't die and everyone's just like, I've had it, and they've raged. This is the army where they literally do the exact same thing as like old school Sylvaneth. They don't teleport, but they don't die. So that's why I've kind of like leaned towards them because they're just it was more, it wasn't more like the normal elves, it was more the mountain guys um that really got me into it and i'm really interested to see what they do with the other elements because they're in the book it actually shows you that like the mountain guys is like the first step of like the actual elements of hish because we got air fire and stuff coming out so that's it'll be interesting to see what they do there um but that's i imagine that, i dreaming. imagine they all combine and techless is captain planet or Tyrion is captain planet. we summon him and um i think Tyrion. i think Tyrion is um air i have a funny feeling Tyrion is the air side it okay. wouldn't surprise me because I think, right. hang on, give me, give me a second. They actually, in this book, they actually show us what might be next in order because it's kind of, they copied what the Stormcast book did, All right. which was really clever. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's the air that's next after this. Don't quote me on this uh, YouTube. I just want to double check. While, while Liam looks at his book, this is uh, out of the moment book. I think for me, um, the oh, Luminous. It's, it's, it's River. So River is next. So it's got we got mountain, river, wind, and zenith. I have no idea what zenith means. So, but like when I, you zenith highlight, when you when you prime zenith, you're doing it. You you're working off the light source of um, and, the, and you're creating yeah. that shadow. So maybe 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 the next elf god that comes in is a zenith highlighting god. Uh, Duncan has reemerged. Yeah, I don't know or somebody. If they make a Duncan model out of that, I'll be in love. Um, well, but Duncan's left games yeah. workshop, so that's not going to happen. But we are completely sidetracking from the Luminoth Realm Lords. Um, but yes, for me, beautiful but, models, uh, interesting game style. I think, especially when you go the elf side, and you know, again, Hayden and I talked about this about the scent, the way that the kind of the Sentinels and the Wardens work, and the you know, watch if you watch three hundred and you watch that that defensive stance of you know slowly moving your way up the board you know, pushing your opponent back, um, that type of just build, if you are really inspired by 300 and that Spartan aesthetic, I think that for me is where the elf is kind of almost emerged to the old uh, one of fantasy dwarves. They were the super yeah. defensive, uh, slow-moving army that the elves were never known for. Um, I think they bring a beautiful style. I think the three-inch um, pikes is interesting, oh. but... The battle cattle Something with with some of the some of the rules that we've talked about is pretty crazy. I think I think they're going to catch people off guard for the first time because there's very little around in the game that does what these guys are going to do. Yeah. Also, you know, you just brought up like 300 stuff. Do you remember like Lord of the Rings scene with like the high elves come into battle and they just slice everyone? They have their shields and they just go like an all perfect sync. They're just like completely. Mm -hmm. That's lit. That's literally luminous. For anyone who wants to know, just watch that scene. I think it's actually Battle of Helm's Deep where they're like, like doing that. Um, so watch that movie the, and the watch shields that. in it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. That's 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 luminous in a in one scene. But um, yeah, they're really cool. And yeah, the battle cattle army is by far the most different out of the normal elves. They stand out to me. So one of the key rules that they have is they ignore rend one. Um, through doing a battle stance. So that's just so, regardless of which great nation you take, you've got this this no, battle stance no. rule. 
Yep. So you get the scene called Enduring as a Rock and you've got the Mountain Stance and you ignore Rend 1. So you ignore Rend 1 turns into Rend 0. Yeah, Rend 0. And then they have this other cool rule, which is Tectonic Force, which I think is really different. Um, I would say it's up there as one of the ones that's probably going to catch people by surprise the most. Um, so pretty much at the end of the combat phase, pick one enemy unit um, within a mountain elf unit. And pretty much that unit must move two inches away from the um, mountain unit, like mountain elf unit, Alarith unit. They're called Alarith. So, and it's just like early in the morning. So saying Alarith so many times is like speaking a different language. Um, and then they must finish that move more than one inch away from the Alarith unit. Um, and then after they do that, any friendly Alarith units within three inches of enemy units can make a one inch pylon. So um, a cool tactic that you can do this with, if someone is like blocking you for an objective, you charge in, do some damage, then they have to move two inches out and then you move one inch following them. So you just follow them. Like it's pretty much just like pushing them forward and you just like following it. So it's kind of like just pretty much slowly pushing to the edge of the battle. Um, and you pretty much get within the six inches of the objective. Can you yeah. fight after that additional piling? So obviously, you know, you 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 fight in combat. No. At the end of combat, Teutonic Force comes in. You push me back a couple of inches. You push me back two inches. You then move forward an inch. I imagine again, like like three hundred, like the elves that you talked about in Lord of the Rings. They kind of push you back and then slowly advance uh, up the board. It doesn't mean that you can then attack next. It's more that you're just advancing one inch uh, as an you're additional piling. It's advancing in its movement that they need, especially the mountain guys, because they are slow. I, are I only slow. ask this because people might assume that piling equals piling and attack, but the answer no. is no. Piling is just an advanced move at the end of combat when you use Teutonic Force. Yeah, so for anyone who's new and they're like getting into Luminef, so if there's a rule that says pile in, it just means move. If it says pile in attack, it means move, then roll some dice. So um, that's the best way to describe it. GW is yeah. pretty good at differentiating them, being like, hey, well, do this instead of that. So it's just for anyone who's new and wants to know. Yeah, that's I, and I, I only raise that because most people's experience with piling is when it's in the combat phase when you pile in and attack. So that's most people's yeah. experience so that they may assume, and then destruction players know this because the old destruction rules allowed you to pile in but not necessarily attack. Um, yeah, cool. which, which okay. still made no sense to me. That it makes, makes no sense, sense, but this is not the Destruction Grand Alliance show. This is the Lumineth show. So you've got Teutonic Forces, which are going to push your enemy back at the end of combat. You're going to be able to ignore Rent minus one across the board for all of your um, – is it is it the um, Alarith or is it the, is a particular unit that gets to ignore Rent? So Alarith unit, so that is your Cows, your Stone Guard, and your Stone Mate. So it's just so three not, units. So not the Elves, not the Wardens, not the Sentinels, not the Dawn Riders. Mm -hmm. It's the, the Alarith keyworded units. Yeah. Anyone who is connected to the mountain law-wise is getting this rule. Um, and if you do have the book, if you have got it, have sent, read, actually, like, I literally read the mountain, like, law guys, and they have the, it's, you have a lot of respect for these elves because these elves are, like, devoted to that element, which is cool. Um, I respect no yeah. elves, by the way, but you can respect I, them all you want. Hashtag yeah, respect. But, okay, but you're a Cities of Sigma player who's most of his War Scrolls on his list are elves, so don't know how I say about that. So <laughs> I'm playing with I'm playing with more elves. I'm playing with uh, uh I'm playing with uh Dreadlords or Black Dragons and Dark and um 
Drake's four nights at the moment, but shh, this is not that show. Uh, all right, so you've got a couple of lists for me. Um, you've talked about why they're great and why people should consider that. Um, anything you want to add before I bring up your first list? And you have brought, given me three lists, so um, I'm ex I'm keen to see how you're building around the Alarith rule set. So pretty much um, if you decide not to do a great nation, there is three traits and three artifacts. Um, you can actually, if you take a battalion, you can take the artifacts. But um, three quick traits, I'm just going to give them random by real quick because they're super quick and easy. Yeah, that's cool. There's Majestic, there's Majestic. add one to Bravery Characteristic of Friendly Realm Lord unit, um, units, hold even 12. Subtract one from Bravery Characteristics of enemy units. So that's a Bravery, debuff, and buff. Enduring, add three to the General's Rune Characteristic. Number three is Lawmaster. If the General's a wizard, um, they know one extra spell from the Law of High Peaks. So those are the three ones. The artifacts are Hearthstone Amulet. Roll a dice each time you allocate a wound or a mortal wound onto the bearer. On a five up, that wound or mortal wound is negated. Ebony Stone. Each time this bearer is affected by a spell or an endless spell, you can roll a dice on a four up. They ignore that effects. Um, and then Magma Hammer. If the bearer is a wizard, add one to the number of mortal wounds inflicted by arcane bolts by the caster. So just three artifacts, three command traits, similar to what if you watched Hayden's video, there are three scenario command traits and artifacts. So yeah, that's that that's quickly sweet. Um, and, and it might be worth calling out something that we discussed offline that surprised me. I don't have the book, so um, it kind of caught me off guard, um, is that the named Mountain King. So I know that you've got this named character and there's no named character. Because I think when we were talking offline, Liam, I'm like, oh, I might, I would, I wouldn't mind building a, um, what's it called? The 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 non the, spirit, the, non the, the just just call it the spirit of the mountain. That's best. Spirit describe. of mountain. I'm like, oh, cool. I might build the spirit of the mountain and you know maybe tap into the lore of stone where the Alarith um, can take enduring and get plus three uh, wound characteristics, but. Turns out the Stone of the Mountain is not a hero. It's only the named character is the hero. So that kind of surprised me. So um, little trick for you all, especially for anyone who doesn't have the Battle Tome like me. Yeah, but to give you an idea, though, your Stone Mages, which we'll get into, having add three to the Wound Characteristic on it is amazing. Like three extra three wounds is super strong. Like that oh. is... The, the things that I would do to get plus three wounds on a uh, knighting cantor on a, you know, uh, you know, a generic five or six wound hero to then bring that up to eight or nine. It means that, you know, there's so many things that can do five damage or you can kill a character pretty easily with a couple of chip damage. So, um, yeah, that's a good little thing. Uh, I like enduring. It's good. It's, it is. Like when I saw that, I was like, "That's a clearly good option." But then when you read the Yemeritra, the, uh, the Great Nation that I can't pronounce, that sounds America. Um, you kind of want to go that way. So yeah, yeah, Yemeritra, Yemeritra. I'm going to make sure that I say it correctly because the last show that we did, Liam, uh, I got stung by calling Staliac Lords the Staunch Lords, and people got upset with me. So Yemeritra, Yemeritra, Yemeritra. So all three of Liam's lists are Yemeritra. So. Um, I'm going to bring up the first one, Liam, and let's talk about the Eumetrica and your unit choices and why you chose what you chose. And I might ask you a couple of questions. So uh, for the people joining at home with the podcast, um, we are Lumineth Realm Lords of Legions. We are a great nation of Eumetrica. So what does Eumetrica bring to the table first? Okay, the coolest thing about it is their inbuilt ability. So as we talked about earlier, um, these guys ignore Rend 1 if they're in the mountain stance. When you're in Yometrica, um, you actually ignore Rend 2 when you're in the Mountain Stance. 
So does so, that mean that no, you, if, if, no. I, if I had Ren minus three, does that mean that it, it counts only at Ren minus one? Or how does that, how does no. that Ren minus one, Ren minus two work? So pretty much if you're at Ren minus one, it goes down to zero. If you're at Ren minus two, it goes down to zero. If you're at Ren minus three, you at Ren minus three. So if I'm Alarith, so if I'm Alarith and I'm not Eumetrica, if someone attacks me at Ren minus one, I basically ignore it. So I just rolled that my armor, yeah. my armor save as it is on the war scroll. Yeah. If I'm in Eumetrica, um, if if Ren minus one or Ren minus two attacks me, then again I, I roll the same save roll as per my war scroll. If it's Ren minus three, Ren minus four, or anything like Ren minus five, that would then be applied as normal because Eumetrica only re ignores minus one and minus two. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Just I've seen a little bit of confusion yeah. here with this particular point. It's not that it reduces it by two, but it means that you ignore rend minus one or minus two, depending if you're Eumetrica or not. Yeah, exactly. It's just um, it, this rule, it just makes them so much more durable and which will explain why when we look for the list. Um, so pretty much um, the command ability. So you get to use the tectonic force rule twice on a unit. So if a unit is stuck by two enemy units, because the rule says you have to pick one, you can spend one CP and move two. So that there is really cool. Like I think that one there will be super helpful at like gripping moments in the game where you're trying to get all those objectives. Well, if you um, think about it, right, you uh, think about it, right, you've got an objective that, you know, traditionally has six inches of circumference that you can, you can tap into, right, uh, or 12 yeah. inches if you work the, the, full, the full ratio. Um, if you're able to get onto half of that objective and then push people off, and if there's a couple of rounds of combat and you keep pushing people off, regardless if it's 60 grots or a unit of five or one model, you're going to be able to move them away from scoring opportunities from that ability. I think Teutonic Force is one that is going to catch people off because it means that you really need to take up the whole of the space of the objective so that when you get pushed off, you still have more bodies as you get pushed off. Yeah, and currently with the new scenarios from what I've been looking at and reading and playing, there are so many objectives where it's going to be really hard for the list to do that. Yeah. So you will see people just lose objectives because of that move. So especially because um, probably like some of the new new ones has more objectives, and you get bonus points for having um, you know battle line and things like that. So I think people are building more units. Um, so they're going with smaller unit sizes. So the, the the big hordes might drop off. So it means that you're going to be pushed off, and I think that's going to be an interesting tactic. Keep that in mind. Think about that when you play uh, anything that has Teutonic Force because you're going to need to really dominate the objective so that when you get pushed back, you're still scoring along the way. Yeah, it's. I can already see people raging at me about it, so I cannot wait. Um, That's all right. Gargans are meant now, to be, move, be able to move an objective, so you can push me off, but I'll just move it. But Sorry, continue. Command trade. Please don't do that. Um, anyways, um, so the command train that you have to take is Almighty Blow. So when this general fights, instead of piling and attacking on a, you pick one enemy unit within one inch of this general, on a two up, that unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. So it's really good on stone mages or just wizards in general because they're super swingy. D3 attacks, D3 damage, three threes. You may as well go for the two up and just do D3 damage. Like it makes way more sense. Um, in my opinion, like just going, cool, yep, done. Save your hassle of rolling the dice and then only doing like like nothing. So yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's, a such, a, it's such a swing for any anyone who swings with a battle mage or any type of you know generic 
wizard um, knows that it's just like a 50-50 chance of even doing anything. Yeah, which they've kind of done on purpose because they're not supposed to fight, but yeah. Um, and then the artifact of power, so pick one of the bearer's melee weapons. Once per battle, you can add one to the damage inflicted by attack made with that weapon. Um, in addition, roll a dice each time you allocate a wound or a mortal wound to the bearer. On a six, that wound or mortal wound is negated. In addition, each time a bearer is affected by a spell or an endless spell on a five up, they ignore the effects of the spell of the bearer. Super good. Um, and as you can see here, I did not give that to my general. All right, well, we haven't got to we haven't got to the list yet, so let's talk about the list. So, uh, again, for people playing at home with the podcast, uh, we're starting off with a Stone Mage or Alarith Stone Mage. Uh, Liam also has a second Stone Mage. He also has um, the Stone King, so the Stone Heart King. Uh, as I knock over my mouse and the Light of Atharian. So let's go from the top. Uh, you've got your your General Stone Mage, which is coming away with Almighty Blow as the command trait. The artifact is the Hearthstone Amulet uh, and the Law of the High Peak spell as in Tomb. So talk me through this. What does it all do? How does it all come together? Okay, it's pretty much Almighty Blow, two up, two D3 damage. Hearthstone Amulet is ignoring stuff on a five up, like mortal wounds and wounds on a five up to make him a bit more durable. The reason why I didn't give him the Mountains gift was because he's not going to use his melee weapon. So there's no point of having a once per battle melee weapon onto a guy that's only going to do a two up to d3 mortal wounds it makes no sense to me so you may as well give him something that makes him more durable and then make him do a little bit of damage um in tome is a spell that i think is up there is one of the best in the book um casting value seven pick one enemy model within 18 inches of the caster um roll a dice if the roll is greater than the wounds characteristic that model is slain so pretty much if someone's lined up a whole bunch of like clan rats or Phoenix God or whatever, pick one of them, pop them out um, and then leave them and then let them do battle shock and they remove half the unit. So it's similar to the gaze of Marathi, obviously a different way of doing it, but you essentially can pick out, um, uh, if you're talking more tech guard, you can pop out that. What's the, what's the leader of a more tech guard? The Hecatos. The Hecatos. If you, if you want to pull out the Hecatos, you want to pull out a banner person or a musician or a champion um, if you want to pull out again, you know, breaking people's coherency and stopping them from piling in, um, that's that's rather brutal. Yeah. So if you do, let's just say with OBR, since they're super strong still, um, take the Hecatos out, then you charge them in, and they can't reroll their saves anymore because the Hecatos is the one that makes them reroll saves. Yeah, the, the, it's, it's it's the unit champion in. It's not a real champion, but the unit um, leader uh, is the one that has the discipline points, so you can stop them from putting up their shield. So, uh, and that'll become more popular, right? Again, even just removing a banner would stop someone getting, um, you know, plus one bravery or being able to run and charge if it's a, a musician oh. or whatever. Like the different unit abilities are in the, or maybe even like a, they might have a weapon um, that does mortal wounds, you know, for the unit champion or, you know, like a whatever, whatever. Like there's so many uses like, for that type of thing. Like, as you said, like, for example, daughters, if you take out the horn blower, you make them stop running and charging. Like you just completely stopped like the biggest threat in Doors of Cain, just being like, cool, don't do that. And it's within 18 inches. So pretty much if you're 18 inches away, take the horn blower out. Hopefully they're within 18 and all they can do is move six and then charge 2d6. So they literally have to be perfect 12 to do so. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's such a good spell. Um, it's even as casting value seven, but there is a way to buff it. Um, but yeah, um, that's the one spell for the general. And then for the second one, I chose grip vertigo as my spell. 
And it has the, um, uh, the the second stone mage also has the artifact of Mountain's Gift. Yeah, so he's ignoring stuff. So both my stone mages are hard to kill. Um, I've done that on purpose for one particular reason, um, which I'll explain very soon when we explain the synergy. But um, Crippling Vertigo has a casting value of six. It successfully cast pick one enemy unit wholly within 18 of the caster and visible to them until your next hero phase roll two to six before that unit makes a normal move, a charge move, or a pylon move. If the roll is greater than that unit's bravery characteristic, it cannot make the move. Stop people charging, stop people moving, stop people piling in. Like, it's too good. Like It's it's, it's brutal. I mean, it's it's similar rule to, like, is it Bellacore has a similar type of rule? Um, although it doesn't stop you from, from casting spells and there's some other things, but being able to stop your opponent from moving, piling in, or charging, especially with combination of, you know, the um, the pushback from um, uh, the Teutonic, was it the Teutonic, whatever? Yeah, Teutonic Force. Teutonic yeah. Force, like when you combine that, right, you know, you got someone in an objective, you're going to do some combat, you then push them off the objective, you, you know, you've also cast that spell so they can't um, they can't pile in or they can't um, uh, move again. Uh, that can be a brutal little combination again that will can be the difference of winning and losing a game or stopping someone from setting up that perfect charge or, you know, body blocking uh, their, their elite damage dealing units because they can't get this screen out of the way because you've stopped them from moving. Yeah, it's just brutal. Um, and also, so while we're also with the Stone Mages, quickly, so we'll just quickly run by what the Stone Mages both do. Yeah, so talk to, yeah talk, tell, tell, me, tell me why you've got two Stone Mages. Uh, it's literally for one, there's two things. So the first thing is their built-in one. So at the start of the combat phase, you can save that this model it will adopt the Stone Mage stance. If you do so, this model and any friendly allies stone guard units holier than 12 of this model cannot make a pilot, cannot make a pilot move in that phase. However, until the end of that phase, improve the rend characteristic of their melee weapons used by um, those units by one. Um, stone guard have built in rend one. So you just made them rend two. So by sacrificing my movement, so basically these stone mages are both buff pieces that they're going to buff yep. up your stone guard. So you 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 position them quite well where, you know, you've got a stone mage supporting a stone guard. When they're about to get into combat, you sacrifice the movement of the stone mage. Um, and in order, when you've sacrificed that, much like the Dewada and Warden King, you then give the benefit of giving um, the stone guard, instead of having rend one, you've moved them into rend two territory. Is that right? Yeah, so you make them rent too, because um, we'll explain quick. Is it okay if we explain quickly what yeah. Stone Guard can do? Um, yeah, yeah that's much. fine. So Stone Guard have four-inch move. They've got two wounds each. So that unit of 15, for anyone in the podcast, I have a unit of 15 of them, so that's 30 wounds right there. Four-up save. And by the way, these guys are ignoring Ren 2, so they're just hard to shift. And they're ignoring um, range two because of Eumetrica. Uh, so mm. outside yep. of Eumetrica, they're ignoring range one, but because this list is Eumetrica, they're ignoring range two. And then with combination of the Stone Mage, they, they're dealing Ren minus two. Um, yep. So they, they got two attacks each, threes and threes, minus one, one damage. Now, um, you have two choices of weapons. You can either do Stone Mallet or Diamond Pick Hammer. So with the Stone Mallet um, is... Any hit rolls, unmodified hit rolls of a six, add one to the damage inflicted for any attacks that are successful. So, like, if you're getting sixes, separate them because they're going to be doing two damage. So, rend two, two damage. 
Um, and then Diamond Pick Hammer, if an unmodified hit roll for an attack made with a Diamond Pick Hammer is a six, they inflict one mortal wound to the target. So you can either go mortal wounds or um, uh, doing damage. double damage. Yeah. Yeah. So Chips. they are for a hundred points. They're good. They're, they're exceptional. Um, they're exceptional for a hundred points. And I think it's, it's nice, right? You've got your mallets that are going to be good for you clearing hordes and screens. And then you've got the, the diamond picks to do damage to things like elite units, things that have really high armor saves uh, and doing those mortal yeah. wounds. It's a chip away um, at, at those type of things. So it's, you got a little bit of flexibility there. It's the, so for anyone who the podcasters, so just so you know, I have 15 Ellis stone guards with stone mallets um, because that extra damage is really good against something like OBR. OBR is a perfect example where they're so hard to shift. Um, and then you got the 10 Alara Stone Guards with Diamond Pick Hammers, and then I got five um, Stone Guard with Stone Mallets, and then I got 30 um, Wardens, but we won't talk about the Wardens really much because Hayden did a good job. But um, no, we'll, we'll, talk, up, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about why you brought uh, the, the Elves into this particular list. Um, but we, 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 we're kind of now putting the synergy together on where the Stone Mage and the Stone Guards are starting to combine in order to provide additional rend as well as the the unbinding and the casting and the you know the they've got the survivability from their artifacts and, and some of the stuff they do with their spells. So we're already starting to see synergy coming together between the stone guard and the stone mage. Now another reason why you take two stone mages is for this one particular thing here. So if you have battle cows one or two, or if you're Ben Spinetti four, um, they actually have this one really cool rule. So where it's they're actually the stone mages help the Stoneheart King and the battle cows. Um, so they have this rule called the Stone Mage Symbiosis. When you look at the value of the model damage table, so the Battle Cow's damage table, if this model is within 12 inches of a friendly Stone Mage, that model is treated as if it has suffered zero wounds. So you're keeping it at full full potential. So you're, 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 The you're, whole way through. Yeah. So you have two. So you have like a Battle Cow going off one end with a Stone Mage and some Stone Guard following them. And then you have another stone mage following another unit of stone guard going over there to help them buff up as well. So you're almost creating like a little a trio, right? You're creating the stone mage, the uh, the spirit of the mountain, and the stone guard, or you're having yeah. at least power pairs where you're having the stone mage and the stone guard. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if you want to scroll down quickly, just on the end, so people understand why I've taken mainly all stone guards, because um, I've taken a battalion called the Alarif Temple. Um, so quickly, what's on here, and then we can start talking about the big cow dude because he's a he's awesome. Um, they the units that are in this battalion are the Stoneheart King, one Stone Mage, and one to three units of Stone Guard. So the second Stone Mage is not in that battalion. So this is a three so, drop, four drop. So you got the battalion, you got Stone Mage, and then you got the Wardens, and then you got the um, Eltherion. So you got four. Yeah, four it's a four drop. drop. Yeah, four drop list. Um, and just to quickly let people know why I've taken this battalion, because it's for 120 points, it's too good. Um, so at the start of the combat phase, any friendly stone guard units from this battalion that are holy than 12 of the friendly hero from the same battalion. So the Stoneheart King and the Mountain. The, the, like as in like Stone Mage. The actual other dude is not a hero. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and we talked about that offline. Of the the spirit of the mountain isn't a hero, 
um but your uh your hero the the um the named character what's his name avalon 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 or is the the named hero version the spirit uh this the the spirit of the mountain is a behemoth not a hero so the the unnamed character is just a monster as opposed to a hero now you can read so with the with Hollywood 12 inches you can um turn them into stone so pretty much you can reroll saves for attacks that target a unit that have turned its skin to stone but models in that unit that has turned their skin to stone can only move one inch pile in so what's the what's now, the what's the weapons range on uh, like a like the 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 mace and the um one inch uh, the, okay one inch so you have to roll some good charges to get a whole bunch in because you're not going to pile in yeah that's that's not going to pile in but what you will be doing is having a ignoring rent two, re-rolling their saves and then by the way these aren't spending command points like you have command points up the wazoo these are just internal buffs within the whole army yeah this is just the ability that comes from the battalion yeah yeah for 120 points so they can re-roll their saves and what's it what's their regular save at the moment anyway four up so they're on a four up save in outside of eumetrica they are ignoring rend one um inside eumetrica yeah. they're ignoring rend minus two so there are four up armor save ignoring up to rend minus two and under the battalion they are also re-rolling their saves so f a four plus save is already 50 50 we're then ignoring Ren, so we're, we're keeping that save at a 50-50, and then I can re-roll. So there's a strong likelihood that you're probably going to save 75% of your damage within that Ren minus 1 or Ren minus 2 barrier. That's 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 crazy. That's crazy good. No wonder you've gone balls to the wall with the uh, the, the stone guard under the, um, the temple. Yep. And to give you an idea, guys, stone guard aren't battle line for... Luminef only in this nation. Yes, cool. So they're meeting your battle line requirements. I think it's only the wardens that are your your flat out battle line in Luminef. Uh, obviously, for every one warden, you can take one sentinel that counts as battle line. Um, but under Eumetrica, the stone guard are your battle line. So you have four battle line choices here: your fifteen, your ten, your five stone guards, and then your thirty wardens. Yep. And the reason why I've gone three separate units and not doing just two like two stone mallets and two with um the diamond pick the little five is to stay back on objectives and stuff just to hold the line because as we just said they are durable like they will like if someone comes in and tries to take it you go cool we got it so yeah before we go to the named king uh, just a quick question in the battalion it says that you can take one stone mage are you putting the general in the battalion or are you putting the regular yes. okay why putting the general um one it's easier to remember um yeah. and two it's he just to give you an idea he'll be the one to the general honestly will be following the stoneheart king but part of me yeah he will be following the stoneheart king i could actually the thing is all right so i could do the normal stone mage um onto the battalion and then have the stoneheart king because the thing is, I, I would have actually, you know, scratch that. I would have the normal Stoneheart, the, the Stone Mage King, the Stone Mage, one that's not the general, he'll follow the Stoneheart King because the Stoneheart King's a hero, so he'll give the reroll save buff. Yes. 
while the other one will go to the other unit of stone guard that will give them the reroll safe buff does that make sense yeah, look, it might be something you play around with. I thought I'd ask you the question in case our listeners are thinking, um, you know, which which of the stone mages do I put in the battalion and is mm-hmm. there a, a clear benefit in doing one or the other? So maybe it's something it's we're going to play around with. And you'll, yeah. Okay, so simpl- simplicity as, a, as opposed to an additional benefit that comes through through it. Yeah. Now, we can talk about the Stoneheart King and understand yes. why you pick him over. Yeah, I, I, want, I want the Stoneheart King. I want to hear about you, your Stoneheart King and Alfarian. Okay, so Stoneheart King, as we said, he is a hero, so he actually gets a huge buff in that battalion. He's only, I think he's only like a 20-point difference. I'm going to double-check. I think there's hardly uh, any points. So he's, the Spirit of the Mountain, I believe, is 340, and yeah, uh, he's points. 360. Yeah, so it's 20 points for a, a hero. Yeah, 20 points for a hero that gets... They have very similar... Um, how to describe it? Similar rules. Um, but the couple things that they have differently is Elder Wisdom. So he, if he's within six inches of a Luminev Realm Lords hero, um, at the start of the next hero phase after that, um, that hero can spend any of their command abilities without spending a command point. And since he's always within himself, he uses his command point for free. <laughs> and his command ability is pick D3 units of Alarith Elf heroes, I mean Alarith Elf units, Probably even 24 of the friendly model with this command ability, add one to the attack characteristic of them. So having that for free the whole time after turn two onwards is super good. Um, his is wholly within 24, while the normal one is wholly within 18. So you got more space with that. Um, the normal Spirit of the Mountain is only 12 wounds. He is 14. So you get a couple of extra wounds from from going the hero version. Yep. And then I think they don't have... So I'm just going... Because they all have very similar rules, but also they don't. Here we go. So um, he has all but immovable. So if this model does not make a charge move in your charge phase, add one to the attack characteristic of this melee weapon. So if he gets charged at, he's going to be angry. Is this is this um, for both of them or is this the named character? No, this is just, this is just the named character. Okay, this is the um, named character. Yep, um, for his hammers, because this is the guy with the two hammers. Um, if the unmodified hit roll for an attack made with this five hammers is a six, the attack inflicts one mortal wound on the target in addition to any normal damage. So for anyone who is listening at home and they don't have the book, this guy here, he's got a missile weapon. They both have a missile weapon called a geometric blast. Um, starts at 30-inch range and goes down to 10. It's one attack. It goes to hit threes, to wound twos, Minus two rand, D6 damage. Pretty good missile weapon. Yeah. Um, his fire steel hammers is two inch range, six attacks, threes, threes, minus one, five damage. Cloven Hoos is one inch range, two attacks, threes, threes, minus one, two damage. So if he has not been charged, you add one to attack characteristic for all these melee weapons. So that's both the hammers and the hooves. Um, the normal Spear of the Mountain, he has the... Stoneheart World Hammer, so it's the two-handed hammer. Yeah, it's got only four attacks, threes to hit, twos to wound, minus two, five damage. Statistically, Avalor is better, just from that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's probably there's probably very little reason that you wouldn't take the named as opposed to the the regular spirit, uh, with the exception that you've already got too many hero slots taken up, or I don't know. I'm I'm struggling to see why. Or you or you want multiple battle cows. 
Of course, of course. But again, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, it's a named character. You only have one. Uh, I'm, just, I'm thinking one. like, why? I'm like, why? I'm thinking, why wouldn't I take two? But of course, um, it is a named character. Uh, unlike that yeah. fake Durthu that is just the spirit of Durthu, and you can have many Durthus. But uh, yes, yes. So, so cool. Okay, that, that makes sense. Gotcha. And then um, he's got Guardian of Hitch, so subtract one from hit rolls attack made by enemy um, from this. Um, the range of the Guardian Hitch ability is within shown. So if you're within 12 inches of him, you subtract one from um, hit rolls for enemy units. Okay, so he's, so he's ignoring Rend or ignoring Rend 1. Um, he's No, no, ignoring Rend 2 because he's got the keyword Alarith. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say then in Umetrica, he's, he's ignoring Rend 2. He's now um, uh, minusing one to hit. Um, yeah, he's brutal. He's a brutal. And and obviously he's being rewarded by uh, accepting a charge as opposed to charging. So some beautiful things coming out, out of this Stoneheart King. Now, uh, no, now, now, just to remind everyone, this guy has a three-up save. And is also in the battalion, so he's going to be able to uh, to, to, to take advantage. Can, can, can he take advantage of the battalion no. rules? No, that's only the no, Stoneheart. The battalion rules for the Stoneheart. Ah, uh, yes, yes. So he, can, it, it, he but, can activate it, but he can't receive it. Yes, but he does get given Aether Quartz. So he can actually use the Aether Quartz to re-roll it if he needs to once per battle. <laughs> Did we talk about Aether Quartz? I don't think we have talked about Aether Quartz yet, have we? No, but if people have watched Hayden's show, did you guys talk about Aether Quartz? Yeah, so very, very, very much at a high level, folks. If you haven't watched the Hayden episode, um, uh, Illumineth Realm Lords get an additional um, resource. So you obviously get your command points, but you've also got this additional resource called Aether Quartz Reserve. Um, Aether Quartz Reserve is generated, uh, what, by your, is it your, which, which units get Aether Quartz? Is it everyone? Anyone. Let's just grab it quickly. I'm pretty sure it's everyone gets one one. They get one aether quartz to spend. Yeah. So while while Liam looks oh, yeah. up that rule, um, you, you know, the, basically oh. what happens is after you use the aether quartz, um, that unit suffers minus one to their bravery for the rest of the game. There are some ways to manipulate that and even to pass it back onto the onto your opponent. Uh, again, we talked about it in, in the Hayden episode, but when you've spent the aether quartz. There are some benefits you can get either plus one to hit for attacks made in the phase, plus one to saves um, in shooting or combat, you can re-roll a cast, or you can cast an extra spell. So there's, what, four different options uh, to burn with the Aether Quartz. So there's four options. So you need to get one in Aether Quartz Reserve once per phase. You can say, I've spent that Aether Quartz um, from the following abilities. So add one to save rolls. Um, add one to hit rolls, uh, add one to casting, and um, cast one extra spell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can actually get him, if you're really desperate and you think he might be in trouble, you can literally be like, cool, he's going to be on a two-up save and ignoring rent two. <laughs> so every unit is going to get a single Aether Quartz. Once you've used it, you've used it. Um, yeah. And once per phase you can use an Aether Quartz. So, um, uh, I mean, you've got, what, six, eight units, something like that. You should have eight, eight Aether Quartz reserves to be able to burn throughout the game. Yeah, exactly. Cool. And then Light of Atharian. I want to know about the Light of Atharian. Why, what, he, he, uh, he's not Battle Cattle. So why, why is he in the list? Because he's, uh, he's stupid. Good. Like, his rules are good for 220 points. Um he has a three-up save that ignores all rend. So as I think there's a common theme here that I like ignoring 
rend. Oh, um, you should play Nighthawk. Nah, I'm good because they 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 have four up save and they can't re-roll it. So no. All right, so um, Lot of Atharian is ignoring uh, rend. Yeah. Also, his command ability is super good. Um, so pretty much, uh, pick one friendly model with command ability um, until the end of that phase. Um, so this is during the command ability at the start of the Battleshock phase until the end of the phase. Um, all friendly Luminous Realm Lords, Holy Within 24 of that model, are treated of having Bravery Characteristic of 10. Ouch. So, as we talked about, if you take Aether Quartz and you used it, you're minus one, but you use that, be like, cool, everyone's treated as 10. So you just go, cool, I'm immune. Yeah. So if I had a really bad run of, like, endless, like, mortal wounds or anything, I'd be like, cool, Bravery 10, I won't lose as um, much. Um, again, he is... Really good in combat. He's got a three up save, seven wounds, six inch move. Um, he ignores, um, he just ignores Rend and just he's, he's be really good in the hero scenarios of just staying on objective and just being hard to shift, especially when you team him up with some of the wardens that I've added in. Well, you know, so, between, between the Light of Tharian and the Stoneheart King, you've got two super durable heroes that are also buff synergy pieces with other parts of the army. The fact that that light of the Tharian is going to come in and really support the, um, the, the, the wardens by at least giving them bravery 10 and they're already durable dudes. Um, that's a nice little combination. Or as you said, you know, send the light of a Tharian off on their own. And because it's already ignoring um, Rend, is, is it got a high movement? I feel like it does. Six inch movement. Okay. Which well, is it's, compared, it's high. Well, compared to Stonker. Compared to Stone Guard, that's fast. <laughs> I was going to say that that's literally what I was going to say is that um, compared to the rest of your army, that is fast, um, but it's not that fast. It's I mean, you might yeah. be able to keep up, you know, because the, the the radius is twenty four inches. You know, if you were running the cavalry, your Dawn Riders, it still would support them quite well, um, given the Dawn Riders move fast and Mister Armor Man not so much. Yeah, um, but yeah, his rules are super good. Um, he's got. Just some strong abilities for 220 points. You can't really go wrong. Um, and then, yeah, but now i got 30 Wardens. Yes. So the reason why the 30 Wardens are there are generally they're there to be holding onto objective and not moving or bubble wrapping some of the heroes and making sure people don't get to them. Yeah. Um, also, they're pretty good in combat. And also they have access to the spell of protection of Hish, from my understanding, because... They're wizards, or one of the leaders is a wizard. So uh, cast that spell and let them ignore stuff on five ups. Because I don't know if there's a common theme here, but the whole point of this list is is I'll shift you, you can't shift me. And, and you know, anyone who's learning Lumineth for the first time is going to learn that this army is defensive. Again, we talked about the 300. You know 300 was able to withstand this huge, you know, battle from Xerxes. Uh, you know, thousands upon thousands of people with, you know, uh, essentially 300 people. If that doesn't scream defense to you and, you know, you're listening to what Liam's describing here, this is an ultra defensive army and, you know, ignoring Rend, um, being able to have Bravery 10, being able to reroll saves, being able to, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff here that is keeping you as a very durable force. You're not like a durable force like uh, a legions of Nagash or someone who's summoning bodies or regenerating bodies, you are really absorbing as much damage as physically possible through a whole bunch of rules, which is yep. going to be a surprise for a lot of people. Because, um, again, we haven't seen anything like this. People thought OBR was defensive. 
this is a completely different effect or a defense. Yeah, I the OBR that I used to play is very much influenced by this, and but like doing it better. Um, and I don't know if anyone's realized this, but I'm saving up so many command points. Like uh, all my abilities and stuff are all about me saving command points and making because you're sure not spending them right? because you don't need to, right? You got bravery ten potentially, so you you don't need to be spending too much on on inspiring presence. All of your abilities are coming inherently either from the battalion, from the regular abilities, from Umetrica. Um, there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of reason. I mean, obviously you're gonna be able to reroll ones to hit shooting and all that good stuff, but um, you're right, yeah. And I mean, you've got an extra command point here, and you've taken the um, Hishian Twinstone Endless Spell. Yeah. So to give you an idea of why I want to save so many command points is because I know how important it is to reroll charges when you need it. Because as we said, my guys aren't piling in that far; they're piling in one inch. So I need good charges. So I'll be spending CP to get those good charges, if that makes sense. Correct me if I'm wrong. Can you run? Or is that only the elves that can't run? I can, I, I can run. It's the elves that if they're in the formation, they can't run. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah if they're in the formation, they can't run. That's this. Yeah. So, so, so the warden, your wardens, the wardens can't run. Yeah. So if, your, if your wardens are in the shield formation, oh, I can't remember what the, the exact formation is. But shining company. The shining company. Yeah. You lock that shining company in. That forces you to not, you can't run. Um, but you get benefits. So if you are um, doing that with your wardens, um, I can see why you'd want to re-roll those charges. Yeah. So that's that's why. <laughs> Saving CP for that. Um, twin stones, um, pretty much extra casting, as in like getting my casting buffs up so I can get those good spells out. That's generally the reason why they're there. And for 30 points, they're it's pretty darn good. So, so for 30 points, uh, so what happened? So for 30, for 30 points, points, so summon casting value of seven, um, set them up um, within six inches of the caster. When this model is set up, place a D6 beside it, um, one facing up. Each time a spell is successfully cast by a unit within 12 of this model and not unbound. After the effects of the spell have been resolved, increase the value up by one, maximum to six. If a Lumina Friend Lord attempts to cast a spell while they're within 12 inches of this model before making the casting roll, the player controlling that wizard can say that they would draw power from the twin stones. If they do so, add the value of the dice beside it to the casting roll. So in time, like any of those high casting ones, like seven and stuff, if I had like two or whatever, I'd be like, cool, I'm adding three to the roll. Let's go. Is it just your spells or is it my spells to your opponent? Any spells. So it's like Malevolent Maelstrom, but instead of it doing damage with the dice roll, it is now going to be able to, you can draw power from it to make those spells easier to cast. Yes. Cool. Yes. Okay. So very similar mechanic if you've used the the Malevolent Maelstrom. For for 30 points, I'm not complaining. So yeah. For 30 points, you can get plus one to cast, plus two to cast, make it harder for your opponent to unbind. Um, 30 points is a no-brainer. That's a great... I, if I if I could take that in Hello Heart or any any of my cities builds, I would happily take the Twin Stones for 30 points compared to what you get for 30 points elsewhere. Um, like, that's that, that's yeah. that's great value. Like, like the, the equivalent for me is Quicksilver Swords. So I can do two Mortal Wounds from that or, you know, with, with those same points, I could be getting plus one, plus two, plus three, plus five to a cast uh, at a critical yeah. moment. Exactly. So yeah, that is my first list. So that's the list that has no um, no allies. So it comes in at two thousand points on the dot, one hundred and twenty-one wounds, four out of six leader, four a four battle line, 
one behemoth, get you two artifacts, you got one endless spell, uh, and no allies. Um, pretty solid list. Anything you'd want to say about this particular list before you kind of wrap wrap it up uh, and move to another list? Um, if you really, if you want to look at something like this and you want more speed and you want to stick with Lumineth, you can swap out the Wardens for the Dawn Guard because you already got free battle line from the Stone Guard. So if you were looking at something where you just don't want to do allies, um, you can swap out for the Dawn Riders. But I'm not a huge fan of the models, so that's why they're not on the list. But they're still a great choice. Um, so for anyone at home who's looking at doing some mountain stuff and you need some more speed, because I don't know if you realize this, but this army is slow. I was going to say that I was going to say that the Dawn Riders, if you switch them in, uh, in replace for say the Wardens, it would get you the speed that you're severely lacking. And again, might combine really well with the, uh, the Light of Atharian. Yeah. So that would be my suggestion, um, for myself, but like, again, I'm not a huge fan of the models. I've kind of gone for rule of cool with these three lists, but it's still competitive and still very much, um, get stuffed kind of thing. So, yeah. Cool. So list number two, I'm going to read it out because there are some similarities, but there's some differences. So I'm going to read out the, the second list in full. So again, we are Eumetrica. We have the, uh, um, the stone mage, which has, uh, the same build. So the general, uh, almighty blow, the Hearthstone Amulet and Entomb. We have the second Stone Mage, which has the Mountains, Gift, and Crippling Vertigo, so both the same as the first list. Um, this one does have a Stoneheart King. It does have the Light of Atharian. Again, no different to the last list. We do have the introduction of an ally. So we've got the uh, the Eidolon of Mathlan, the aspect of the Storm. So this is the combat um, This is the combat hero from Eidolon of Deepkin. I'll get you in a second to explain why, because at first I, I was a bit confused on why. I had a suspicion on why you had it, but um, some people are probably scratching their head because even Deepkin players don't really run the Eidolons. Um, you've got 10 Stone Guard with the Mallets. You've got 10 Stone Guard with the Diamond ha uh, diamond Pick Hammers. You've reduced your Wardens down to 20 as opposed to 30. You've kept it within the Battalion, the, um, the Temple Battalion, um, you've lost the additional command point, but you still do have the twin stone uh, endless spell. So talk me through about maybe how this list is different uh, and then and then specifically where the Eidolon of Mathland comes in. Okay. So as much, if you're a Deacon player, you're probably scratching your head of why I picked an aspect of the storm as an ally. Um, I actually think he's up there as one of the best um, heroes in order um, just because he's not a monster. Um, so he actually can get cover. Um, so you can really piss people off with him. Um, so he's got 12 inch move, 12 wounds, three up save and his bravery 10. Um, so he's fast. He's got a good armor save and he's got a fair amount of wounds, like a fair amount of wounds. Um, he has his, so anyone listening at home who don't know what aspect of storm is. Um, so he's got, um, the spear of resented fury. Four attacks, two inch range, threes, twos, minus two, two damage. The crow hook, four attacks, twos, threes, minus one, one damage. Storm shoal, which is his coat, like his massive cloak. Um, 2d6 attacks, fours, fours, no rend, one damage. Now, pretty much he has an ability that's called reroll, um, called crashing upon the foe. Reroll hit rolls of one and add one to the damage characteristic of this model's spear of repressed fury. If this model made a charge move in the same turn, in addition, this model can charge in the same turn that it made a retreat move, finally heal D3 wounds allocated to this model after it makes a charge move. So he's a combat beast. So, so he's rerolling his... Yeah. So he's rerolling his hit rolls of one 
and adding one to a damage characteristic of the spear. So he's hitting on threes, re-rolling ones. When he charges. Minus, when he charges. When he charges. Minus when he charges. Two, yeah. Yep. Minus two, three damage on the charge. So he's that spear is going to knock some heroes out. Um, he has a, an ability for him for deep can play it for deep can armies, but it's also used on himself. And that is reroll wood rolls of one for friendly item of deep can units, but are within nine inches of this model. So all his attacks are now rerolling wood rolls of one. So now that spear fury four attacks, threes rerolling ones on the charge twos rerolling ones minus two, three damage on the charge. So, and the cool thing about him, for anyone wondering why even more, he can fly. Yeah. He's 12 inch move and he can fly. So you can which just fly cool. around. Which is a big limitation on on the, 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 this, the Lumineth. Lumineth. I was going to say Deepkin. The Lumineth is that you you do really lack movement and speed. You lack flying outside of Teclas. Um, I think the Stone Mages are what they look like. They can fly or there's an ability to fly. There's some some there's flying. an ability to make them fly. Yeah. yeah, like majority of your army doesn't fly. So having, uh, and I think, you know, offline we talked about this and I'd said that this reminds me of why I take a Phoenix in my Cities of Sigma, having the ability to zip around the board, um, to be able to retreat and do damage and do obviously different types of damage. But um, that that movement is is um, is so important, and being able to to move that into combat where it's needed, or to steal an objective that gets left behind, or um, like there's so many things you can do with that super super speed. Yeah, so he's really good at just sniping little characters because he has this thing called pulled into the death. So at the start of the combat phase, he can pick an enemy hero with a wound characteristic of less than eight that is within three of this model, and subtract one from hit rolls for that hero for the rest of the combat phase. So you're just pretty much drowning people in water and he can just go in and just wipe them out. So he's very much a good controlling piece in combat because you can go, cool, you're at minus one, so I don't have to deal with you. And then you can just do the other combats that you have in as well. So he's he's really good and he's also a very good distraction piece because a lot of people will see him and try and aim at him. And then you have the stone guard and everyone slowly moving up, being like, cool, we're ready to like mess things up so see i was thinking the opposite i was thinking people would ignore the aspect of the storm because i think a lot of people by now have played deepkin and you don't see much of the aspect of the storm so you probably think maybe to yourself oh they're not eels i don't have to worry about it and this dude's little zipping around the board doing damage doing its thing uh while people focus on that battle cattle um so there's probably two minds right you know you uh, this guy's going to be completely ignored or it's going to be the the distraction card effects that people keep attacking while you know your your uh the rest of your force which is ignoring ren 2 it's re-rolling saves uh is slowly marching up the board pushing people off objectives so it's 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 a rather win-win and this model has dropped a lot of points over the last two years i think it initially started at 440 it's now down to 360 so um but but i will challenge you to say that the best hero in order is the celestine prime um but that's not an option for you no, which I'm not going to lie, is refreshing because this, fun fact, guys, Lumineth's the first order army but don't ally in with Stormcast. Yeah. I imagine T- T- Tyrion will be able to ally with them, but, yeah, there's no Stormcast allies here. So to give you an idea, right, so the aspect of the Storm, he's great just because for 360 points, I honestly was expecting him to go down more because no one's using him, 
But the reason why you don't see him in Deepkin quick, I just want to quickly say the reason why you don't see him in Deepkin is because the points in Deepkin are so different from every unit that, for example, Sharks got down to 100 points, so they're like easily uh, like auto include. And same with the Eels. So that's why you don't see him in Deepkin because in Deepkin, there's more cheaper stuff. Would that make sense? Yeah, people double down with the eels. I think that's where you start seeing people just realizing instead of having thralls, it's just better to have more eels. Um, early yeah. on in early on in Age of Sigma, I did play a whole bunch against the aspect of the storm. Ben Spinetti would run it many times, uh, and it was a great great little piece at four forty. Um, so at three sixty, and its rules hasn't changed. Uh, it is a good ally choice, and I think it complements your builds quite well. I don't know if I would take the aspect of the storm in Hayden's elf build. Um, I don't think it works as nearly as well as what you're doing with this. But I think thinking outside of the box, I think this is a nice addition, um, something to consider. Um, yeah, I I ran an aspect of the storm when I played Sylvaneth Winterleaf when the first book. I don't know if you remember that because that was one of my first CanCon yep. lists I was going to take. And I had huge success with him because he and it, that was when he was at four hundred points or something. He was it was four forty. It was four forty. I was it was quite because it was it was much higher than even um, the ally pool to begin with. It was like Manfred level at the time. Yeah. So I've had a go with him, and he was very he was hugely successful. Where he actually was doing more damage. He was more consistent than Durthu for sure. And Durfu is like a damage dealer. So yeah, Durfu is extremely dealer. inconsistent. You either get Durfu or Durpthu. Um, yeah. Well, with think, the idol, you know what you're expecting. Do you think, uh, and maybe this is a question that the listeners might be thinking about, is, you know, in the Deep King, you've got the aspect of the Storm, which is um, the, which one have you got? You've got Storm, which is the combat one. And then you've got aspect of the Sea, which is the spellcaster. Do you think that given the the uh, you've got the the twin stones, which is again a spell based um, endless spell, do you think that the sea has any place in this list, or do you think that the sea is just not as good as a storm as an inclusion? The sea buffs more deepkin than friendly. So he, he the reason why I don't go for sea is because he's very like deepkin driven. If that makes yeah. sense. The aspect of Storm, he's good because he can go on his own, while the aspect of the sea would literally be standing there just casting spells for himself. That makes sense. Yeah, and, and that's the, literally why I wanted to ask you this, because the, the sea you don't even see at all. Um, the sea is okay, um, but, yes, the, the spell casting potential of the sea isn't that damaging. So even in a, in a deep kin list, when you've got the aspect of the sea, it's not like this huge, massive threat um, in the spellcasting pool. So I don't think it's it's an inclusion in, in that as perspective. But to what you're doing here, which is like this combat beat stick that can kind of go out and do its own thing, the, the Storm definitely plays that role better than the Sea can. Yeah, and I don't know if anyone's realised this, but this list, these these lists, they're not all about spellcasting. Like the spellcasting is like a nice bonus. No, no, you, you haven't doubled down on spellcasting like Hayden had in some of his builds because this this style of army the stone the stone king stone mage stone um guard everything is not yep. is not rely it's not reliant on spells nor is it you know it's not pushing damage out via spells nor does it need spells to buff their people up to be amazing that's already inherent in the war scroll the battalion and the um eumetrica abilities yeah exactly so yeah 
Cool. Um, again, like if I wanted to change something with this list, I would have probably swapped out. I don't really need the wardens in this list, so I could have swapped them out for um, more stone guard and just go three stone guard to like arm um, lower my drops. Or or even the dawn riders we just talked about, because then you have two. I can't do dawn riders because they're not fulfilled battle line. Ah, of course, because you've only got two battle line choices. That's right. We've dropped. We've you went. You've gonna yeah. I was thinking you still had three stone guard. No. Uh, no, so we've only got two stone guards, stone guard, so you need a battle line choice. So you're either going to get more stone guard or you've got to stick with the wardens. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the only thing I would be. And, again, this is like you just play and toy with these lists. Like these lists here, they, the theory behind it is that what I wanted to show with these lists that we're showing here, like the next, this one here and then one after this, is that Deepkin, even though they're the only ally in for Lumineth, they fill in a role really well for these kind of builds. Like, they're really good. Yep. So, yeah. So that's my it. second list. Any, maybe high level, how does this one compare to the first list? Like, is there a, is there a difference in play style? Is there a, di a difference in projection of difference power? Yeah. Well, like how, how would you compare the two so far? I, if I was going to go into a tournament and go in it to win it and be top of the table, I would pick the first one. Because you've got more more of the Stone Guard and it synergizes better? More of the Stone Guard, it synergizes, um, and it's more of a headache for everyone because I feel like people would rage after turn two. Um, so, yeah, while the other one, there's less Stone Guard. So there's like, look, look, because we have 121 wounds here, and I think the other one, we only have like 100. Uh, um, yeah, the first list is 121. The second list is 103. Yeah. So there's a difference of, there's a difference not only of 20 odd wounds, but it's also the amount of ignoring rend, re-rolling saves. So really, you're probably yeah. getting an extra 40 wounds when you think about it, um, with with you know with yeah. math hammer applied. Yeah, exactly. So that's why the other one statistically is better because durability wise, you've added an extra 40 plus wounds. So yeah. No, that's great. And, and and to be honest, Liam, if I if I was to face you in a tournament, I would be much more concerned with list one as opposed to list two. Uh, list yeah. two, I think, is certainly a much an easier battle. Um, but those stone guard, especially having three big blocks of stone guard um, or three units of stone guard, I think could be a headache and makes me question where I need to put my projection of power in order to handle these these bodies. Yeah. Exactly. But um, this next list, though, is a bit more, I would say, more competitive than the second list, but it's a very, like, obvious list, if that makes sense. So we'll quickly run through it. Cool. So uh, list number three, again, Lumina Throne Lords, Eumetrica. Um, so what have we got? We've got the Stone Mage is the General, Almighty Blow, Hearthstone, Amulet, Entombed, same. Stone Mage, Mountain Gift, and Crippling Vertigo, same. We have Stoneheart King, same. Light of Atharian, same. We then have the, we have 10 stone guard with the stone mallets. We have 10 stone guard with the diamond pick. We have 20 uh, wardens with the protection of Hish. Uh, we then bring in a different set of allies. So we bring in six of the Morsar guard. So this is the offensive, not defensive build. Yeah. Correct. Yep. So just, so you got Ishlan guard and you got your, Mor your Morsar guard. So we've got the, yep. the off offensive uh, eel lists. Oh, eels. We then bring in the uh, the Battalion Temple. We bring in the Twin Stone Endless Spell. Uh, coming in at 1970 um, with 
115 wounds. So Liam, talk me through, I guess, one, why are we going eels? Two, how does this list differ than what we've seen in the other two builds? So this list here, so you've got the same heroes as the first list, pretty much the same loadout. You've got less stone guards again, but the more, again, they fly and they're on a smaller base size. So they can actually fit in gaps a little bit easier. Um, and they can go off and do their own thing. Um, so they're very, like, if there's a particular character you need to snipe, those bases will fit a lot easier compared to a Aspect of the Storm. Mm. Um, the Aspect of the Storm is really good when it comes to taking advantage of people making silly mistakes. The Morsa is pretty much going to fit in that role of we can fly, we're fast, um, and we'll take out whatever. They pretty much, like, if there's, like, some really annoying chaff and the Stone Guard don't want to trend through it, the Morsa guard will go in and then just like, and also since everyone has dealt with Morsa guard in a competitive level, um, you'll see people targeting them more than the aspect of the storm. Mm. So those allies there, and they've got a fair amount of wounds. Um, and yeah, I reckon this one here is pretty much like, it's one of those lists that I would take to a tournament um, to do well. Because the Morsa guard definitely fit the role of speed um, over the thing. But again, I would swap the wardens for more stone guard if I want to. But for this list, though, since the wardens are durable um, and the Morsa guard are a bit of a glass cannon, um, you need the wardens. So I guess you're bringing the Morsa guard not just for the speed and the flying, but also the mortal wounds that you do on the charge. So you do that little zap at the start of combat. Yeah. The ones per game zaps that can do a whole bunch of more. Is it D3 mortal wounds per eel? It's mortal wounds for every three up. And I think on a six, it's a D3. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch of mortal it's, wounds. It's, it's, it's a bot. It's a huge. Yeah, I just I just remember people like, you know, uh, Ken, Ken Van Ship just doing like 10, 15 mortal wounds from a zap. Uh, and all you need is one yeah, model. Each, one, one, yeah. So you roll a dice for each model. For each three up um you do a mortal wound but each six up does um d3 so that's why you always saw nine because you have more chances of sixes yeah correct so so again similar similar question i had to the uh aspect of the storm slash c is do you see a, a reason or is there a, a logic behind why you take morsar guard as opposed to the ishalan guard which are which we know are the defensive eel build yeah, so the reason why I've gone... Because the thing is, uh, there's no point of having the defensive eels because this army is already defensive. Yeah. You need something that's offensive. And that's what the Morsa fill the guard out. So they're extra 30 points each. There's an extra 60 points compared to Ishlan, But you are getting... You're filling that role of, we need some mortal wound. Like, there's mortal wound output within this Luminaf army. Just little bits. Like, you're not... It's not a lot. But having something just to do a quick zap at a hero or a unit, that's what they do. Yeah, and, and that was what kind of what I wanted to draw out, was that if you want to go the defensive build, you're probably better off investing those points into more Stone Guard, into a yep. uh, Spirit of the Mountain uh, for the same amount, amount of points. Yes, you don't get the speed that the Eels bring, but it's a role that you probably don't need filling because you've already got so much defense already inherently built within the allegiance, within the sub-allegiance, within the units you're choosing. Yeah, exactly. So why double down on defense when you could just do it naturally and get more stuff because they're going to be synergized with keywords? Pretty much, yeah. It's just 
it just made way more sense for me putting the Morsar in. But um, as I said, this would be a list that I would. This this kind of list you need to tweak a lot. So if you scroll back up, right, like one thing I would definitely do in this kind of list is I would drop Light of Ethereum, for example, and add more Stone Guard within yeah. those two twenty points. Um, but that's this is the thing though. You these kind of lists with allies and stuff you need to tweak because the allies are taking up a fair bit of points and. Luminaf are expensive points-wise and probably kit-wise as well since the range isn't out yet. But um, you will definitely see, I, I will tell you now, for Luminaf, you will see a lot of Deepkin being allied in. And this is one clear example of why, because they fill the role of flying, speed, and just damage output. Do you think um, there's a space for other Deepkin allies like the Turtle, like the Sharks, like the Thrall, like other characters? Sharks. Sharks, yes, because they're 100 points for freaking each. So if like you're, you can literally max out your allies for four sharks and have a heaps amount of wounds. But the sharks are only really good with an Achilles King around them or um, Volturnus. Um, the reason why you would go for something like Eels or Aspect of Storm is because they buff within themselves. They are their own thing. They can go off their own tangent um, stuff while you got the Luminef that are very like, oh, we're very much like going to stay within this circle. And the deep kind of like, no, 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 we're going to go off and deal with this threat or deal with that threat. So yeah, that's why, that's why I don't really think there's many others. Like the turtle again, it's the turtle is a buff piece for Deepkin. They it, it has some damage output. It does have some damage output again. It flies, but it's certainly a, a much better Deepkin buff piece, especially in combination of thralls. Yeah, like you wouldn't run Volturnus in the Luminef thing because he's about buffing people. Like that's it. Um, Tyrecaster, again, same thing. Um, Soulscry is about teleporting the Deepkin unit. So, and I was literally about to raise that, Liam. Was that um, for anyone who has played against Ideneth Deepkin and you know about the sideboarding eels that come from and kind of a hit you as opposed to running up the board? That's not coming from the eels themselves. That's coming from uh, the hero in the Tyrecaster. Um, and if you've ever had to fight last or if you've ever had to uh, shoot the closest model, that is all coming from the Deepkin Allegiance. So you don't get to tap into that. But what you do get with the Morsar Guard or the Eidolon of the Storm is going to be a flying combat beat stick that's going to be able to do mortal wounds. Um, it's just going to be a, a general threat priest across the, across the board. Yeah, exactly. So that's why you, that's why the Morsar are more important. Like, for example, if you were going to go full damage output, like, for example, go something along, like, um, Hayden's route where they're not as durable kind of thing, like with Dawn Riders and stuff, like, you kind of want to go for then Ishlan Guard. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, though, because, like, the Dawn Riders, they're not as durable compared to, like, Wardens and Stone Guard. No, no. If you're going to go around that route, you would then go for Ishlan to fill the role of annoying defense. Yes, yeah, yeah. You, you would have a support, a flying support because the the Dawn Riders are going to be outside of the defensive bubble. So by providing, and, and you know what, even if you didn't have, you know, maybe you don't double down on the eels like Liam has, but I think there's value in bringing in a shark, bringing in a unit of three eels. You know, doubling down and getting six is great, but um, I think even having like some flying threat that can be on the side, um, sharks are wonderful. They do things on their own and they just keep dropping in points. So um, I wouldn't overlook those. Bobby, 
They'll, they'll be 50 points next GHB the way they're going. Reminds me, reminds me of Demigriff Knight. Demigriff Knight started at 220 points. They kept going down 160 points. No one was really taking them. And then they finally re rewrote the wall scroll and people love them. But yeah, I think Sharks, Eels, uh, the Eidolon. I think you've shown some interesting allies that people may not be thinking about. Um, and I, and I, yeah. I'd love it's, to see the conversions as well. I'd love to see some people convert and make what what does a, a hish shark or a hish eel look like? I think that's very, or, you know, very do, do, do people use like the cloak as light from the um from from the the eidolon? Um, yeah, show me your conversions. It's going to be interesting, and honestly, and a cool thing about Luminef um, is it's a brand new army. And we're expecting new stuff, not next year, maybe the year after. We don't know. Don't quote me on this. Do not message me about this. But when we do get the new stuff, there will get more allies. So, like, for example, if you read the book and stuff, Marathi gets mentioned, Sigma gets mentioned and stuff. Like, it's just because Teclis doesn't like Marathi and Sigma. He's gone off on his own tangent. So maybe, like, when Tyrion does come out, Doors of Cain might open up some stuff. Like, the, the so book never... Yes. Yeah. So, so for anyone who hasn't read the law just yet, just like protect Liam's DMs and he just like, you know, Liam being quoted that, you know, he's getting like this seven different elves coming through. Um, so we do know that the elves are a part of the Pantheon. So they're a part of Sigma's Pantheon. They did work together at some point, point in time. We know Teclis, Tyrion, Marathi and Malekith or Malarian. Malekith. It's Malarian now. Um, it's, it's Malarian now, yeah. Yeah, Malarian. Yeah. I always get them too mixed up. Um, they all work together to ba to 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 banish and to you know hold Slanesh, um, you know, in that kind of realm between light and shadow. So they have worked together. Um, it's probably more that it's Tyrion's side as opposed to Teclis that is probably more of the. And we haven't seen that part of the island. So we know that there there's yeah. what eight eight great nations, ten great nations. Yeah. Yeah. So we've seen we've seen half of the great nations. We haven't seen. Tyrion side of the great nation so who knows what comes from the ally pool what comes from the unit selection how the Tyrion and Teclis will work together um but we do yeah. know that it's going to come right like it's 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 blindly oh, obvious yeah. Tyrion it's, is a he's it's coming because like to give you an idea I was very disappointed when I saw that daughters couldn't be allied in or the Luminef couldn't be allied into daughters because I was very like going like I would honestly can you not I was like stone guard would be amazing for daughters and I stuff, assume like I assume Phoenix Temple would be able to be brought in, to be honest. So people are like, oh, Seeds of Sigma. I thought, I thought maybe your Phoenixes and your your Phoenix Guard will be able to be brought in. Um, but I think that maybe it's more of a Tyrion thing as opposed to a Teclis thing. I feel like Teclis is just a, a dick that doesn't like anyone else. So, like, he's just gone off and done his own thing. But it's to get an idea, though, right? Like, I've, as you guys saw in these lists, I didn't write anything with Teclis because, one, I'm not a huge fan of the model. To his war, his 600, how many points? 660? 660, 666, 660. He takes up so much, and the army is already so expensive points wise. So, like, you, yeah, it is. It is super expensive. Uh, I'm looking at some of your units, and I think you got some pretty good value for money when you look at what you get. I have, to, I have to, you know, but like, they're good value because I have to take a certain nation. To but, make for 660, but, but for 660, I think there is a potential of a trap. Um, I think some people are going to build around a techless and it's going to be super strong. Some people aren't going to get the most value out of, or it's going to be a key threat and people like um, uh, his carriage, carriage and overlords are just going to shoot that person off the board and you're going to lose him in turn one. 
when those boats yeah. fly high and then just just burninate techless yeah i it's very much i didn't write any because he's so expensive to write a list around um also he doesn't really work well like even though he's part of the book and they're with him he doesn't work well with the mountain guys the mountain no. guys work in their own their own synergy as we just saw with my list like you you run double stone mage you run the named king um you can have some more fun with this list you can even if you want you can drop the wardens and add an extra freaking um cow yeah. if you want some more like you know, i would like i stuff. would like to see in fact i might even get ben on this show because I, I would like to see what that that four cow list looks like i think that um it's it's, it's a thing it, to, and if anyone is following ben spinetti on twitter or anything like that his his hobby projects have been next level he's he's to get an idea he's running a whole freaking night list of obr and i'm like that's not a thing and he just goes nah i'll make it a thing and i was like you're the same guy that made four sharks a thing so kudos to you so he will make four cows a thing when it comes out and he'll probably take out a tournament he did put a Charybdis in his Deepkin list as well, but this is not the Ben Spinetti show. This is the Liam Burnett Blue show talking about uh, Lumineth Realm Lords. I want to ask you a couple of quick questions before we bring it home. Um, really rapid fire questions. You won't need your rule book, Liam. Um, how do you win? How do you win the game here? Like, what is the strength, or not the strength, but like, what's the strategy or what's the loose game plan that this particular list will apply to win their games? So, right, let's just go with the first list um i because that's probably the easiest one to explain is you're pretty much running in three different bubbles you're running with a light ethereon light of ethereon with the wardens and then you have a stone mage running with a small unit of stone guard and then you have the other two stone guard with the king and the stone mage going off doing their own thing so there's three parts on the list um and you synergize them all in one hit um you pretty much keep your buffs and you're pretty much playing the best way to describe it it's like how it's pretty much like how i used to run kern of hunter's sides right so very much i didn't go full alpha with kern of hunter span like things i pretty much like held them together and slowly moved forward because i wanted to reroll saves and hit you back harder that's pretty much how you're doing it you want your opponent to come to you and stuff and since the game's kind of gone full melee except for courage on overlords um most people will come to you and you will win that fight if that makes sense like i don't really i can't really think of an army that will completely demolish you in combat the only army that i do have issues with is seraphon because seraphon is in got some shooting like really good shooting they got croak and stuff your general will stay alive and you will definitely um you hit well. It's just like the thing is that they don't have a board save. Oh, oh, I, was, I was literally about to ask you. That was literally the question about to come out of my mouth, right? So I'm thinking, right, like how do I beat this list? You ignore rend minus one. In in this particular build, you're ignoring rend minus two. So the only way that I can really take out your dudes consistently is going to be through mortal wounds. And correct me if I'm wrong, you have very little, if any, mortal wound damage prevention. The only one is protection of Hish. Um, and all my generals and my heroes. Um, and your stone guard I, don't get any mortal wounds. They don't save. get any. But you got to remember as well, though, those guys are two wounds each. So your so, unit of 10 is 20 wounds. So you've got to be putting out a lot of mortal wounds. Um, you, you have to output a lot. <laughs> like Purple Sun will give them a bad time. I think that's the one end of the spell that I'm scared of. 
Um, but sounds again, like I need to bring, sounds like I need to bring my Hello Heart um, elemental uh, oh, my Hello, elemental cyclone. Hello Heart is a nightmare for me, but um, that's that's the thing though. But you got to remember that that list I built with all the Stone Garden stuff, they are two wounds a pop for a hundred points each, and they're doing a fair bit. But if they get into combat with you, you pretty much will go GG. Yeah, because they're rerolling saves. They're going to hit you harder. Um, and also that's kind of why objective. Start, and they're pushing you yeah, off the objective. And that's why you start looking at allies. So for example, look at more side guards so they can get to the mortal wound threat and do mortal wounds to them. So for example, croak, right? You start throwing like the deepkin to them be like, cool, let's get to that threat. And of course, croak's going to be like, hell no, you're going to get away from me and start aiming at the deepkin, not at your stone guard. So when their stone guard do get to the, point of being to charge well and stuff you will be doing the damage so that's why can you that's even why get I start into the croak for me for stone guard no because that's why you need flying yeah because i was going to say because a stone because because lord croak with his ashleth bearer and his saurus guy you know he's he's whatever the other hero is that normally buffs him up then you've got you know your, your salamanders or your skinks usually skinks are a screen salamanders are in the sky for starborn um to, to eventually get to them, like one, you've got to be able to get there, right? So let alone putting the salamanders down just to block them off. But two, to then get through, it's it'll take you four turns. Um, to give you an idea as well, with salamanders, I'm not too scared of because they're rent two and I ignore it. Yes, yeah, but it's it's croaking your build that would... Um, uh, oh, croak, if I, can, if I can take out the salamanders and skinks and just leave croak kind of thing... Like, because the big thing with skinks is their skink priest that gives yes. them mortal wound output. I can't get to that. But if I can take out most of the skinks for like trying to do it, then that's when I'm like, I'm pretty good. Um, but again, this is very much like the annoying part is about this army is their models aren't out yet. Um, so it's a lot of proxying and stuff. So I'll be proxying heaps with like my daughters and stuff because it'll be the same base size. Um, but I am very. The reason why I would say if you're going to go to mountain route, you have to double down on stone guard because point per point, they are the most efficient. Yeah, I, I agree. Are. I think I think you've you've raised a really valid point with the flying allies, whether it's going to be the um, aspect of a storm, whether it's the the Morsar guard. I think there's going to be a couple of things, whether it's going to be the the hollow heart bubble, whether it's a lot of change at the back, whether it's going to be Lord Croak, whether it's going to be some other type of super caster. I think it's going to be hard for you to tap into them without a flying hero and you're not going to take techless in this particular build. So something to keep, yeah. keep in mind, or you just know that it's going to be a bad matchup for you and you build for the rest of the armies and the stone guard, the stone mages, the, um, the stone King, they're all wonderful selections that um, are going to cause a lot of people pain. Um, yeah. Like the stone King, he's pretty much an army by himself. Like he just goes, cool, charge me. I'll hit you back harder. Like, and then, and then you have the stone mage that's behind him being like, yeah, you're on zero damage. You do whatever you want. And I think it's really cool because a lot of people are still, uh, they're not comfortable with the double turn. They're not comfortable applying strategy, offensive and defensive when they're playing the game. So at least this type of build is preparing to get, um, to be attacked. Um, and if you don't set up your charge appropriately or you prepare for that, mm. you can embrace as much as do damage. So it's, it's a nice little complimentary for people. I like it. Um, obviously, you haven't played it yet. Um, no, actually, have, 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 have you been able to? 
I've, I've been studying uni and stuff, so I've been studying this book left, right, and center, but I've been watching carefully for how people have been playing it. Um, and I've been speaking to Hayden a lot because Hayden's been practicing heaps because um, he's he's pretty much got all the models that he needs. Um, yeah, I mean, his but, elf sides are already out. Like, as you've mentioned, uh, as we record this, folks, um, the models aren't out yet. I think they come out in August, um, August, September. I think in September they said somewhere around there. So we're expecting either early September or late August. But at the same time, though, we're supposed to be expecting... I don't even know when doors are coming out. I've given up on that. That's another thing to talk about. That's, that's, um, that's, the daughter, that's the daughter show. Guardians like, come out in September. But um, I do know that, yeah, it is. They are coming out. It's just more for the fact that, like, from my reading of the book, and every time I've read a book in a battle time, and you know this for a fact, that I always point out what's the busted shit, like being like, this thing is going to cause issues and stuff. And I can tell you right now that Stone Guard, when they actually come out, the models, you'll see people buying a lot. Because I think. People bought a lot of the Luminef box because they think, yeah, Dawn Riders are amazing stuff. But I think the stone, the mountain guys are where the real threat is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, I would even go as far to say is that I wouldn't be surprised to see a second FAQ come out when that comes out. So I wouldn't be surprised like once people start playing with the Stone Guard, there might be a second FAQ. Um, but. Because they are, they are the stronger build. I don't know if they're busted. Um, maybe they'll save it for a points adjustment in December like they did okay. in 2019. I, I'm expecting the Stone Guard to go up in points to 120. I think so too. I think they're for 100 points for the five, 10 wounds, you know, and, and a whole bunch of stuff, I think they're too cheap. I think they are, they're closer to Phoenix Guard points. Um, short, certainly somewhere like 220. Now, like 140? Phoenix Guard's 160. Phoenix yeah, Guard does yeah. have the, the Phoenix Guard does have the four plus additional save, including mortal wounds. But I think 120, 140 could be somewhere. So before you go buy a million Stone Guard, I'd probably say to pause or at least don't double down or know that it could go up. Like I would say they'll go up, and what you'll probably be losing out in your list is Light of Ethereum, like that list that I wrote. I would probably yeah. lose Light of Ethereum. Um, and then like cool but i would also say that they will go up to but the thing is that the reason why they're so good is because the legion's ability and rules with the synergy makes sense like you can't it's hagnar, it's, hagnar. Like, it's literally hagnar hagnar you couldn't fix hagnar without rewriting the war scroll because hagnar has no points yeah that was the problem with hagnar it's, it's and i think everyone who's followed me carefully has realized that i pick everything that has the three points that can't be fixed and just take look, the crap out of it I mean, I mean, Petrofix Elite, the same thing. Like, how do you fix Petrofix? You can't point it. Um, it come from the rules. So, well, yeah, like it had to come from like an errata or a war score rewrite as opposed to, um, oh, we'll just increase the points of Petrofix Elite. Well, there's no points. To give you an idea, though, I would be very surprised. I'd be, I wouldn't be shocked if they make the ignoring rend you can't run. Okay. Because at the moment, right, these guys can run. Yeah. So, All right, but, well, I think the like, point I'm is... Not, I'm not going to give GW ideas on how to fix it already. No, when... and, 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 and I, I, I don't, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too much because I don't also don't want to say that they they will get... You know, I don't want to cause doubt where there's potentially no doubt. Um, they are good rules. I think they are at risk of going up in points. They are at risk of being FAQ'd with, a, with an adjustment, mm -hmm. but they're not crazy broken 
type builds. I think they're strong. Right. I think people are going to be concerned about it because they've never played against anything like it. But are they completely busted? No, I don't think they're. I don't think they're Gaunt Summoner summon fifty wounds for free once per battle. Busted. Yeah. Um, another thing as well that I'll be interested to see is if they fix or see if they will change the unnamed mountain, dude. Because I have a funny feeling that was a mistake. Uh, adding him the hero keyword. Uh, I mean, if they're not going to give the if they're not going to give the black coach a hero keyword, uh, you might not get. Uh, you might not get one. It would just it would just be interesting, just because it'll be more interesting builds. Because at the moment, right, they've what they've done is they made an obvious being like you have to take the named king, like you have to take if you're the hero. Yeah, that's yeah. but that's it really. But like uh, as I said, it's an awesome army, awesome models. Um, if you're interested in the Stone Garden stuff, find a Luminef Realm Worlds book on buy, sell, swap, and grab it. Or if your local store has one, grab it. It's gorgeous. Um, because the cool thing is, is the front cover is the Mountain Dudes. So yeah. if you like the Mountain Dudes, that's actually the only thing that made me buy this edition was because the army part I like is the Mountain. Um, they are cool. I can't wait to grab them and play heaps of games with them um, and build my elf collection to the point where my partner is going to kill me. So, yeah, all these boxes here are all my Warhammer. So at yeah. least at least she's playing. So at least she's painting at least. So you've got some uh, type yeah. of excuse. She's, she's excited now that she's living with her um, teacher. So she's going to be painting a lot more often. So she's going to break Twitter again. So um, <laughs> all right, well, I, I look forward to welcoming her on the next episode of Down Under Sigma. Liam, this has been awesome. I'm glad we got to record this. Um, And now we have both, you know, elf fans. We have the Hayden version, which is the the doubling down on the elves. We have the Liam version, which is doubling down on the stone, um, the stone dudes, whether it's the stone mage, the stone, um, stone elves, stone guard, stone guard. You're, um, you know, uh, doubling down on the mountain king. So either way, no matter what you want to build, or you want to find something in the middle. Uh, I think we've got a, two really good robust types of builds. So, Liam, people know where to find you. I'm not going to give you, like, the little plug that you normally get. If people want to find Liam, he's in his little description. You know where Liam is. He's on Twitter. He's in my Discord. He's annoying people wherever the internet is on. But um, this is really cool. I actually look really look forward to playing you and seeing this list. I think this is yeah, going to cause it- me pain. It's going to be definitely on the painting table. At the moment, since they're not out yet, I'll be working on my daughters and my OBR. But when they do come out, they will be on the table real quick because the paint scheme I got for them is super quick and easy. So, yeah. Sweet. All right, Liam, thank you again, mate. Good chat as always. As always. Always good chat. Take it easy, guys. Bye.